Welcome to Talking China number five. Today I will bring you to the southern places of uh, China, to Guangdong province and the city of Guangzhou. Uh, honestly speaking, I'm really impressed by the development there. I frequently travel to southern China since my first uh, time in China 20 years ago. And today I will try to, 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 to bring the situation, to discuss the situation in Guangdong province uh, and Sino-US trade friction, Sino-US trade war, because Guangdong is uh, one of the major points exposed to Sino-US trade, trade frictions. Let me start with the very obvious uh, uh, assumption that the interactions between East and the West occurred fairly early on the southern part of China and played a critical and crucial function in shaping China's economic and social development. In the era of reform started in late 1970s, uh, it was Guangdong that took the lead in opening uh, up and reforms China. Then uh, governed by Xi Zhongxin, the father of Xi Jinping, uh, the party secretary was responsible for setting up economic zones, strengthening China's ability in the global economy through Guangdong, via Guangdong, via the southern gateway. Uh, in this regard, uh, close relations with external countries, external world, a geographical location, bordering Hong Kong, very important part of the whole picture, created strategic opportunities for development of Guangdong structures and economic power. Today I will try to illustrate Guangdong's uh, position in China's uh, economy, uh, uh, foreign policy and Sino-US trade war within three major points. The first is Guangdong-led multilateralism with the core city of Guangzhou. Then I will bring you to trade dynamics in the recent years, investments, knowledge city with Singapore. And finally, I will try to discuss uh, future integration or disintegration uh, of China's economy, domestic economy, uh, within Sino-US trade war framework. So uh, the first point I will address today is about Guangdong-led multilateralism. Uh, Guangzhou, the capital of, of Guangdong province, is traveling uh, beyond a sister city relationship. Uh, Guangzhou has a very close relationship with European cities and United States cities and New Zealand cities, not only based on uh, bilateral uh, alliances, bilateral relationship, but also uh, based on three-party city alliances. Namely, the first, very important, Guangzhou, Auckland and Los Angeles, uh, what Chinese call it uh, city economy association, cities economy associations, that really is important when it comes to uh, making a trade possible, making a foreign trade possible, discussing a very practical dimensions of uh, uh, mutual and three-party trade. This is the first. The second similar approach was taken uh, by Guangzhou in June uh, 2016 when Lyon, Frankfurt, Birmingham signed a joint declaration of cooperation in the field of trade, 
investment and culture. So in other words, uh, Guangzhou is playing a leading role in this China's uh, local level multilateralism. Needless to say that apart from this trilateral, let's say, uh, city alliances, two at least at the moment, Guangzhou is a very active player in multilateral forums. Since 1990s, Guangzhou has associated with four global organizations, Metropolis, United Cities and Local Governments, and UN Habitat, plus C40. Why it's so important? If you talk to Guangzhou people and Guangdong people, the Southern people, Jiangnan people, you will recognize that they are very pragmatic. During my, uh, my, my talks to uh, uh, bureaucrats in Guangzhou last year, I asked the question, why you are taking part in C40, for example? They said, because for a very practical reasons, we just opened three factories producing electric buses. And what they said, Rome, the capital of Italy, is very interested in buying uh, the, the, this new type of electric buses. So definitely the people in Guangdong are really pragmatic and I would say transactional. Uh, and it's very important. A part of, of uh, this organization, as I said, they're also looking into have a very uh, successful, very pragmatic and very effective regional and urban planning policy cooperation. So that is why they're navigating uh, the cooperation with European cities via high level forum on regional and urban planning urban policy cooperation with European Union cities. So definitely that's, I call it local level multilateralism. It's, it's very important and I, I believe that in the future we'll have more and more voice. However, we are living in times of uh, big countries, big power politics, uh, but nevertheless in this multi-level, multi-layered governance, cities are criti critical for, for, for the economic development in the future. The second point I'd like to address today is about trade dynamic in the rest of you and investments. Uh, uh, according to my calculations based on uh, Guangdong provincial, uh, provincial statistics reports, uh, Guangdong's foreign markets are very stable. When we look into the percentage of uh, Guangdong's export market by countries, United States is very stable still, uh, for the last 20 years, between 16 and 19 percent. European Union, 16, uh, between 14 and 16 percent. Uh, Japan, 5 to 4, or 4 to 5 rather. South Korea, between 4, uh, between 2 and 4. Interestingly enough, is that ASEAN countries, Southeast Asia, uh, is uh, more uh, important for uh, Guangdong's foreign trade. And in uh, 2010, uh, it was 7%. Now it's 11%. And is it like a whole dynamic from the whole China? Uh, and Guangdong is a leader here because Guangdong has this feeling that they hope to bypass these American restrictions, American tariffs via ASEAN countries. And final point here when it comes to uh, export market is about Hong Kong. Needless to say that the situation at the moment is quite critical. We're seeing in the media. However, uh, since 2010 uh, and to last year, Hong Kong is less and less important for Guangdong export 
uh, export-led uh, economy. Uh, uh, in 2010, Hong Kong counted for 34 uh, percent. Now it's only 20, 25 percent. So the role of Hong Kong in uh, Guangdong export-led economies has been decreasing, and it's 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 very very important even uh, at the moment. The second pillar of Guangdong. Uh, economic development is incentives for foreign investments. And from my perspective, uh, knowledge city with Singapore is a critical part of the whole picture, is a critical for uh, having more and more uh, FDIs in Guangdong. At the moment, they have 50 investment projects under construction with output value exceeding uh, 210 billion renminbi incentivizing foreign capital through cooperation with Singapore. It, it, it's very, I would say, unique. However, in China, we have similar projects in Chongqing, for example. We have similar projects in Tianjin. We have similar projects in Suzhou. That they, via cooperation with Singapore, they're trying to have more money from more resources, more, more financial resources uh, from, from foreign countries, foreign companies. Uh, as was said, uh, the foreign trade in southern China, uh, especially in Guangdong province, uh, is, is, is stable, uh, as said by, by latest news, uh, uh, 2019, uh, it was 7.1 uh, trillion renminbi, uh, 0.2% uh, uh, lower than uh, uh, 2011. So definitely the situation is stable. And what is also very important, Guangdong under Belden Road has its own Silk Road found. And at the moment, Guangdong is conducting uh, 300 investments, uh, B, what they call it BRI projects uh, uh, outside of China. And one of the very visible example is Krakenal in Malaysia. 2016, uh, both governments signed a, a MOU on developing mm, this project is a critical infrastructure project for Thailand uh, with all, all, all difficulties, uh, challenges uh, inside Thailand. You know, Thai politics is a very complicated one. However, it's Guangdong that took a lead that is responsible for uh, for this project. And I think it's relevant to, to recognize this Guangdong, but Guangdong is sponsoring all these BRA projects for, from its uh, own pocket. So there are, at least as far as I know, there are less central government money in this project and more uh, money from, from uh, uh, the local level. So the last point to, uh, in our today's discussion is Sino-American trade frictions, trade war. Uh, and what does it really mean for the future of, of China's economy? This is, I mean, this is a very critical question, especially in the moment. We have a lot of talks about Hong Kong at the moment, uh, the political spectrum, the, the political uh, the political challenges. However, I believe that everything is rooted in economic uh, incentives, economic growth and economic plans. So uh, this challenges uh, was recognized by government, local governments in Guangdong province at the provincial and municipal level. Earlier this year, January, a uh, meeting of Shenzhen City Congress highlighted the problem when official warned that the tech industry, tech hub, needed to redouble its effort to secure its supply chains. Uh, 
needless to say that Washington at that moment in January, threat of trade restrictions and hampered uh, the Shenzhen tech industry. Last year, Shenzhen achieved 7% economic growth. And this year, probably due to coronavirus and Sino-American uh, trade frictions, uh, it will, uh, it would be less, I, I mean. And uh, two weeks ago, Trump administration uh, blocked shipment of semiconductors to Huawei technologies from global chip makers, expands US authority to require licenses for sale to Huawei of semiconductors made abroad with US technology. So they're trying to cut the word number two smartphone maker from semiconductors. How to deal with this uh, and how to, to approach the problem how to find a solution to this in order to navigate the future of economic development, but not in the whole country, but even not in the whole Guangdong, but in the city of Shenzhen. This is the critical question that is addressed at the moment in, uh, in the city of Shenzhen. Uh, major cities such as Guangzhou and Shenzhen uh, are thinking about changing the land policies. And paradoxically, a Sino-American uh, trade friction, as, as you wish, the US-China trade war, might stimulate the further reforms, the further land reforms in mainland China. They have uh, increasingly turned to land sale revenues and urban renewal programs to prop up the economies, but it might not be enough. But they're trying to find sufficient money for developing the new industries. This is one point of the domestic future reforms in mainland China. So in a future, we might we might expect that China will turn into private ownership uh, land uh, of land uh, of land in, in mainland China. That will be it will be uh, really a huge, uh, I would say, step forward. The second point addressed by uh, by scholars uh, is a greater uh, Bay Area. This is a huge project, however, very local. Uh, you know, Guangdong province has more than 100 million people living there. But protests in Hong Kong are critical for this greater Bay Area, this kind of unification, integration of market. As said by people in Guangzhou, without Hong Kong, it would be just another plan for the Pearl River Delta, they said. So it's nothing. It might be the same as it was 30 or even 40 years ago, because we need Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a financial hub. Hong Kong secure capital inflow to mainland China. And this is a very interesting uh, dynamic here because Guangzhou, uh, starting from Shenzhen, uh, bordering Hong Kong, uh, crossing, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Dongguan to Guangzhou and then to Zhuhai, is really relying on the on this capital. So th this is a critical. And once the government uh, would limit uh, investing, people will uh, be, I mean, will get mad and will not be very happy, will not be satisfied. Also in mainland China. And finally. Uh, uh, the point I'd like uh, to address today is 
uh, local uh, huge companies, local champions uh, like Tencent, like Huawei, like other big uh, high-tech companies uh, in, in southern China and Guangdong province. They're looking for more money, I mean more capital and human resources inside China. Like recently Tencent doubled NF on efforts to expand its chip making ecosystem by taking part in just just remember 700 million renminbi uh, fundraising around for Shanghai based tech startups. So they will they will go inside. And it might turn the horizontal competition uh, even more severe on the very limited resources because they will they will go inward. They will try to 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 take Shanghai resources in order to develop uh, Guangzhou and uh, Guangdong. And it's it's a very particular in a context of a horizontal competition. If you look into the reality in mainland, you will find that the horizontal competition, local protectionism and other uh, other uh, uh, I mean uh, economic policies are critical for the development of this country. At the same time, the central government is trying to navigate uh, and bringing the fragmented market into more structured, uh, unified and integrated uh, uh, framework with more clear cut division of labor. But I believe it's unlikely to be a, a reality in mainland because then we have the provincial governments like Guangdong governments, uh, uh, Guangdong government or even Guangzhou government, Shenzhen governments are still the owners of the local champions and they try to uh, to be the leader. They they try to to navigate the the, the, the cooperation uh, and competition rather uh, rather domestic competition in order to win the first place in mainland China. So uh, on the one hand, the Sino-US uh, uh, trade frictions might stimulate the federal reforms, like as I said, Guangzhou City uh, and Shenzhen thinking about land reform, but. At the same time, it, it, it might stimulate the federal horizontal competition that uh, in a long term might have a very negative impact on, on China's future economy. Just to sum up, uh, Guangdong as a leader, Guangdong as a checker, as they said, we are Paito Bing, almost Paito Bing, they said in Guangzhou and Guangdong. We are the forefront, we are the most important part of the whole picture when it comes to China's economic uh, diplomacy. We are taking a lot of resources. We are not fighting over South China Sea like Hainan province. We are, we are, I mean, stable. We hope to develop ourselves. And at the same time, we hope to be the gateway, the technological gateway to mainland China. However, at the same time, Guangdong province is uh, exposed to Sino-US trade frictions that might cause a kind of inclusive and exclusive outcomes. And this is, uh, from from uh, from me uh, for for today, everything let's say, and I'm happy to to be with you. Uh, then the next time I will I will talk about Sichuan Province. So I will I will I will give you a, a picture, a, a very small, a limited picture within kind of 15 minutes talk about landlocked uh, areas, how the, the government try to navigate. Uh, spatial development, also a local development, and how they try to utilize uh, the uh, uh, international uh, relations for for the well-being of, of the province.
province, a landlocked province. So thank you very much and stay tuned. Thank you. Bye bye.